This is the Yoakum Strikes Podcast, Episode 6, with Austin Yoakum and Greg Ebosher. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So with that quote, we begin our second habit, um, begin with the end in mind from the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, so today we're going to explore the second chapter of the book, which is begin with the end in mind and what would you say the, the essence of this chapter is? Yeah, um, just basically having your values straight and everything you do basing off those values. And um, we'll cover deeply into it, but it talks about having your mission statement, having your roles in life figured out, and having what really matters to you, where your ladder lean, leans up against mm-hmm. on the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about how you can be super busy, you can be super successful in quotation marks, but all it's doing is leading you farther down the wrong path. Either you're doing something right or you're doing something wrong. And it talks about how if you figure out your roles, you figure out your mission statement, that's the only way to really go forward in life. Mm-hmm. And the first part of this chapter is he tells you to sit down and he tells you to make sure you're by yourself. Um, and it says, in your mind's eye, see yourself going to the funeral of yourself. And he talks about what would you want people to say if you died today? If you died today and people came to your funeral, what would people say about you? Mm-hmm. And he has you, it's an exercise, and I went through this exercise, and he said, write it all down and then look at your life and see if that's what people would actually say about you. And I thought that was powerful because I wrote down things about like being open, things about connecting with people and that type of thing. And then if you look back at my life, I was like, that's really not where I was going in my life. And I think it kind of gives you perspective. We talk about perspective a ton. Gives you a little bit of perspective on where you are and where you want to go and making sure those paths are lined up. Mm-hmm. And I think it allows you to change that path a little bit to get right back on the path, mm-hmm. the path to either righteousness or fulfillment. Yeah. Or yeah, the opposite. Or the opposite of like your statement of either bringing the world closer to heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. So let's begin. All right. So we're going to the book. It's incredibly easy to get caught up in an activity trap, in the busyness of life, to work harder and harder at climbing a ladder of success only to discover it's leaning against the wrong wall. It is possible to be busy, very busy, without being very effective. People often find themselves achieving victory that are empty, successes that have come at the expense of thing, things they suddenly realize were far more valuable to them. People from every walk of life, doctors, actors, politicians, go through these struggles only to find that their drive to achieve their goals blinded them to the things that really mattered most, and now those things are gone. Mm. How different our lives are when we really know what is deeply important to us. Keeping that picture in mind, we manage ourselves each day to, be what, to do what really matters most. If the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take just gets us farther, or gets us to the wrong place faster. We may be very busy, we may be very efficient, but we will also only be truly effective only when we begin with the end in mind. There's a lot there, a lot of really good things there. Yeah, and just one of the most powerful to me was making sure you have your ladder against the wrong, against the right thing. And it, it clicked with me when he said, you can be very successful in the business world, in like a sports team, in these settings, going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You can go to the wrong direction and you can sacrifice things that matter most to you, connections, people, succeeding in things that don't really matter most to you, but you're so locked in, you're so busy chopping that wood in a sense that you're not taking a grander scheme of things. You're not looking at the broader, like 
this is what matters most, but I'm working towards something that doesn't matter most. Mm -hmm. And now I'm down the wrong path, but I'm really busy. I'm really successful. So it seems to make sense in my head, but you're not basing your life off the correct principles mm -hmm. that I think matter. Mm -hmm. well, I think, I think this, this quote for me, when he's saying how it, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're chopping away and you're in the woods and you're not, you don't know where you're at. I, I find this, I think I feel like I've, kind of been somewhat been given somewhat somewhat of a gift because I, I see people in my own life who are in those woods especially I'm thinking of one particular person who that person finds himself in the woods all the time and he can't seem to like take a step back out and look at the greater picture of the forest and see everything else that's out there and I feel like I feel almost gifted in some sort of sense that I have an ability to do that and I'm not I'm not and um, I definitely find myself in the woods too often and I'm always chopping around and chopping around but I think this book this book and many other books that I've read have helped me put it in perspective more than I see with some other people and I think that it's I'm very thankful for that but it's it's always you always continually need to be reminded of it um yeah, and I thought this book was a great reminder because I think I struggle on the opposite end of mm -hmm. to where I always have like the green light to where like I, 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 yeah. I have that worker mentality to where like I always want to do something, always want to do something, always want to do something. And right. I think a lot of times I'm not taking the broader sense and like viewing right. what am I doing, especially in like my football college days basically of looking like right. I worked really hard and I, I worked every single day but was I really working towards something that was worthy really working towards something that mattered the most to me and I think and we talked about developing your mission statement later in this chapter that if I had developed a, a better mission statement something that I really or if I would looked at my funeral and like what I wanted people to say I think it would have been better for me to continue to work like I did but towards the worthy path yeah I, I'd agree with like there's a lot of places in my college experience where I failed um, and failed miserably and how I was working like I was in the weeds and I was working and sometimes whether it be like I, don't, I mean I don't want to highlight one specific thing but I was working too hard at something that wasn't helping yeah. me with my end goals towards football um, like and I think that's what was also an inhibiting factor but yeah nonetheless setting the ladder up against the right wall yeah and I think so he talks about later too um that you can be so busy chopping that you don't even see where you're going. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he breaks down this whole story of a bunch of management people in, a, in, in the um, jungle. And they're all, they have management people who are overseeing this whole thing and then they have workers. And the management people can see the broader picture and they're like, hey workers, we're in the wrong jungle. And the workers are saying, shut up management, we're making progress. Because mm -hmm. they are making progress. But that progress means nothing because they're going down the wrong path. And I thought that was a cool story in here is like these people are even being told that they're in the wrong path, but they're so busy in their own like mindset that they're seeing success. They're seeing obstacles being broken down mm -hmm. that they continue to push through, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though the knowledge is there. Uh, and I think it points out that it's so hard to actually see that perspective. Mm -hmm. And you really have to see it within yourself. You have to see that grander scheme. You have to take that step back to ever really somebody telling you that is not going to really be what makes a change. It has mm -hmm. to be in your own head to be like, okay, now I see, I took that step back. I see where that perspective is. I see the path I really want to work down, not that jungle that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I think if we go back to the book, 
this is one of the most powerful things. Um, he says, whether we are aware of it or not, whether we are in control of it or not, there is first creation to every part of our lives. We are the second creation of our own proactive design, or we are the second creation of other people's agendas or circumstances of past habits. And this is talking about how you are the creator of your own life. Like, either you are allowing people to affect your life, and you are allowing people to dictate your choices, your actions. You are allowing your past, who you were as a past person, um, to dictate who you are now. Mm -hmm. uh, and you either have that choice. You either take the proactive approach to you decide that you're going to take control of your life or you're going to allow somebody else to do it. There's no in between. Like either somebody else is controlling your life or you're allowing something else to control your life, your job, your past habits. You're just going through life or you are actively taking control and you are actively doing something. You're actively making decisions to become the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that was powerful because I think a lot of people just, they're not picking the proactive action. And if they're not picking that, the only other action is letting life act upon you, mm -hmm. letting it happen to you instead of doing life basically. Mm -hmm. I would agree with everything you said. And I think it brings back to the first quote we mentioned, a lot of people, they can't even really comprehend the fact that they have that opportunity in front of them. Um, like they can't even comprehend the fact that they, that they are the creators of their own life. They are the creators of their own design like, because things that happen to them. I mean, it happens to all of us. It happens to me. It happens to you where things that happen to us, they seem out of our own control and how could we ever fix it? But when you just totally say, screw that mindset and you just, you let that go you let all of that go and you stop thinking that you're the victim of your own circumstances or happenstance you're like your life it just it illuminates like I can't even begin to express it enough it, for me it's been probably the single most life-changing uh, factor in my own life like when I have finally have ultimately started to take responsibility for what happens to me in my own life and that holds bar with anything no matter what any other circumstance I put in it's ultimately falls back to on me I mean yeah and this is where I, I the quote is um take away the crutches so you stand as a man you are mm. and it talks about basically don't allow don't allow excuses into your life like take away the excuses it's going to be hard you're going to fall without those crutches but you are actually that man now mm -hmm. you actually have that control you are making the choices. Mm -hmm. uh, those crutches aren't there to hold you up. You're not just going through life being held up by something or held back by something. Right. And that's a lot of times I think a lot of people are held back by that because they're mm -hmm. scared to fail and they're scared of that. If they take the crutches away, what will happen? Right. Uh, rather than taking those crutches away. And yeah, of course you're gonna fall when you take those mm -hmm. crutches away. But then you fall and you learn how to walk without the crutches. Right. And you basically free a chain from mm -hmm. yourself and you're able to just take that free path. You're gonna take the trap less traveled by and just make choices for your life that are going to lead your life to right. becoming the best version of yourself. Yeah. Quick selfish point about myself here, just of taking away the crutches. I feel like I've really been able to accomplish this and I just want to share this because it's something I'm very proud of. Um, so I had hip surgery when I was soft, no, actually freshman, freshman to sophomore year of college. Couldn't wait train for a year. Um, was told I was never going to be able to squat again, power clean again, deadlift anything heavy ever again and those are things I love to do like I live and breathe for them um, and 
and I, I was, didn't let them become the crutch. And I think and I was able to squat the most I ever squatted in my life last spring and take away the crutches. Don't let an injury, don't let a past injury, don't let a past um, failure ever prevent you from ever trying anything. You know, If you love something and you have a passion for it, there is nothing else. You're the creation of your own design. Yeah, and that's like that's where it goes to like everything's created twice. Mm-hmm. Yes. First in your head, and then second in um, the physical like realm. And like mm-hmm. if you create things in your head, so you get that injury, and you create in your head that you'll mm-hmm. never squat, you'll exactly. never deadlift, you'll never clean again. Exactly. That's where you're never gonna squat. You're never gonna deadlift. You're never gonna clean again. If in your head you create the illusion that you're a failure, mm-hmm. you're gonna create that failure in your life. I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that if you think it, you're going to create it. Like, through tiny actions in your life, through every single action you take, you're either thinking as a winner, you're thinking as somebody successful, or you're thinking as a loser. And when you think as somebody that's a failure, you create that failure in your life. And I, I think I've totally personally experienced this in, like, how – and we talked about this on the back pocket a while ago. is like how I brought a lot of, like, hate and, like, mm-hmm. that type of thing into my life because that's what I thought about all the time. You know, and like when I thought about it, I brought more of it into my life. And when you switch that thought process into where now, like, I think about love and I think about connections with people, it, it's crazy. Like, you realize it more. You realize that it's there more. You actively bring it into your life more. And it's just the small actions that add up. It, it I don't know. It's just phenomenal to me that whatever you think is going to happen. Like, and that's like, if you think you're a winner, you're going to become a winner. Like, it, because it's going to lead to physical actions that you create. If you think you're a loser, if you think you're a failure, if you think life is tough, all those things are going to become true. You're Mm -hmm. going to make those things become true. It's not because some magical, like, being is out there. It's Mm -hmm. because you are creating those actions. You are putting yourself in those situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are. And it's so painful to see people you love when they just... Like usually it's family members or they just, they just like can't visually see it from the outside. And I know we are, we probably find ourselves in situations where our mentors they look at us and they show us the way, and we're in our own minds at the moment, so we struggle with it too. But it's just, but yes, if you always think you're going to be a loser, if you think, oh, why is this always happening to me? Why do I never win the lottery? You know, it's it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Start thinking like a winner. And I think surrounding yourself with people yes. can be a big, like, big positive impact on that, too. Is like, Enormous. If you are struggling with yourself to do it, surround yourself with people that right. are going to help you with that thought process. Yeah. If you surround yourself with people that allow you to complain, if you surround yourself with people that don't hold you accountable, if you surround yourself with people that are telling you how bad their lives are mm-hmm. and how they're trapped, like, you are going to become who you hang out with. Like, yes. Coach K says it all the time, like, you're the average of the five people that you hang around with most. Yes. And, like... If you are with, like living your life with a bunch of people that are holding you back, they're going to hold you back, and you're going to become that. And I'm not saying that you need to cut all those people out of your life, but like you, you got to give yourself something, some positive lights, something that allows you to escape that for a little bit, and maybe you can bring them with you. Mm-hmm. I think you need to focus on your foundation first, your own foundation, your own ability to escape that, your own ability to think as a winner, mm-hmm. think as somebody that's successful, and then you go and help them. But I think the more you surround yourself with people with negative thought processes, the more you surround yourself with negative energy, the more that's going to be brought into your life, 100%. Right. I think that's a, like probably the number one reason I moved back up to Minnesota is 
between you and the friend group and the teammate, our college teammates, I've never had so much, I, I hesitate to call it this, but just greatness, like greatness. People who are chasing fulfillment and want to really truly live a better life. Like it's the number one reason why I moved back up here. So. Yeah. And I mean, chasing, failing, reaching, yep. putting themselves out there. Yes. And just like, I think that like, the more I see it with my friends, so more I see it with Andrew and Declan with the back pocket, mm-hmm. the more I see it with like Steve and more I see it with like Mark to where they're yeah. really grinding and like putting themselves completely out there and yeah. like, if things go wrong, things are gonna go bad. Yeah. But if things go right, they're gonna be so successful. Right. And like, if things go wrong and they go bad, they fail and they learn and they grow, but they're not just condensed into this safe yes. bubble that they're not growing. Like they're yeah. growing, you can see it every single day, they're growing, they're becoming yes. better people, better versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think another two more to highlight of our good friends, Johnny Heller and Isaac Searing, they both hated their jobs and they made a proactive plan to get out of it and try a new industry and try a new job that they will hopefully enjoy more. And if they don't, whatever, they'll figure it out and, and they'll that's, fail and they'll try again. Like, 100%. But like, they're, they're doing it. They're putting their nuts on the line and they're going to get it done. I've, I've listened to like a ton of, a lot of average people, they come up to me and they're like, yeah, bro, did you hear that Heller quit his job? Like, what yeah. a loser. I was like, bro. You're wrong. He realized that that wasn't his passion yeah. and he realized it before he's 40 years old. So we're like, thank God. Thank God. And like, he's going to change his life and he's going to make a better habit. And he realized that and he took an action step. Like, how big of balls that yeah. takes to yeah, leave that security and take that step. And like, I, yeah. try, like, I get really kind of like mad at these people that are like, well, did you see the failure? Like, yeah. that he, like, what a failure. I'm like, no, no. like, not at all. He, not at all. He realized he did something so much greater than so many people out there to, that would have just grinded through that and like, mm-hmm. 40 years down the road, they, they have a family that they're not happy with. They have a job they're not happy with, and they're not happy with themselves. And then where do they go from there? Mm-hmm. The midlife crisis, and they bring all that down with them. They don't have their foundation yes. set, and they your, bring everybody down with them. Your children you know? are screwed. Yeah, exactly. Your family, nothing is set in stone to where he realized that he needed to make a change to set yeah. that foundation first, and then he builds everything else from there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that was an awesome point to bring yeah. up because I totally forgot about that situation. Yeah. I hear it every day and like people talking to me, I was like, he, yeah. I, I think he's 100% right. Like, I think he's smoking it. Yeah. And, and seeing his face and his, like his, him, just seeing him in person now compared to where he was in the fall, he just looks healthier. He's happier. He's more fulfilled. He's more fun to be around. He's always a good time. But yeah. <laughs> if you hate your job, fucking quit it. Find something you love. Make an exit. Don't don't quit it right away. Okay. Well, eh, Bullshit. Eh. Cut the plan B out. Eh. Make an action step. Find something you love. You are never going to be successful at something you mm-hmm. don't love. I promise you that. You're going to be mediocre at yeah. this mediocre job. I don't care how much it pays right <laughs> now. You're going to get passed up. If yeah. you don't love what you do, you will get passed up. I promise you that. Make an action step. Find, make it happen. Make a plan and make it happen. Absolutely. Back to the book. Hell yeah, Johnny Heller. We love you, Heller. (laughs) You're never going to listen to this. (laughs) Leadership versus management. Management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the the right... Oh, shit, hold up. Management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. Management is efficiently in climbing the ladder of success. Leadership determines whether that ladder is leaning against the right wall. And I think this goes back to 
doesn't matter how successful you are if it's in the wrong direction. And like you have to be a leader, you have to realize taking that step back and putting that leadership first. Making sure first of all, your ladder is against the right wall, you're, taking the, you're crossing the right deserts, you're cutting the right jungle apart, you're taking the directions in the first step, and then management is those steps. Like you still have to take those steps, you still have to cut that jungle, you still have to lay that brick, mm -hmm. but you have to make sure you have that blueprint. You're not just laying bricks in a pile and that whole house is falling apart. Mm -hmm. You are lay, you're writing this whole blueprint for this house out. This brick goes here, this brick goes here, this brick goes here, and you begin with the end of mind. You see where the house is going to go, and then you take that action step of I lay this brick here, I lay this brick here. And I think, and I think this is powerful because I think a lot of people out of college, they don't begin with the end of mind, and they just start laying bricks down everywhere. That's what I was, gonna, that's what I was just going to make mention of. We are 23 and 22. We are at the, probably the best time in our life to be, I feel like, being blessed with this wisdom because a guy who's 40, this is a lot harder. <laughs> this is a lot harder for him. Yeah, and he has, he has bricks laid all over the place. All over. And if you haven't, if you didn't have that blueprint, what, what do you do with those bricks, bricks that are laid down? And like, like you said, like we're 23, 22, we're just starting to lay those bricks down, just starting, and we start to realize where we want to lay them. And we talk, he talks about in this book, like, begin with the end in mind that you have in mind now like that that will eventually change like your principles will stay the same your core values will stay the same but maybe what you do changes but if you're laying your bricks you're taking those steps based off your principles like that doesn't matter you're always building the blueprints in the right way you're always building your foundation mm -hmm. in the correct way to where you're not going to fall apart when you're 40. Mm -hmm. correct and that's just uh it just scares me is one of my biggest fears is for myself and for other people is like you don't like your job now, you're not enjoying what you do now, you don't have your foundation set now, it's cool now because you're 22, 23. What happens when people rely upon you? And I think this is huge in like something like, and he talks about this in the book, like a divorce rate, like how it's 50%. Because people don't have their foundation set, they're just laying bricks all over the place, and then they have people that rely upon them, and then they get married, and then they have kids, and they don't have a foundation for this family mm -hmm. that you have to support. Mm -hmm. And then it gonna, all falls apart. How are you going to support a house with no foundation? Yeah, and he talks about mission statements for family, and he talks about it all in this book. And I totally recommend anybody to read this book because it's so powerful. But it just it's one of my biggest fears for people and for myself is mm -hmm. not having that foundation yes. set. Yes, I mean, the foundation is something that has to continue to be worked on throughout the course of your whole life because, I mean, the foundation on an old house is going to need to be reworked and reset too. So it's, it's a never-ending process. It's never-ending process you always have to keep making sure your foundation is set and solid and stone yeah and he gets to that point in when we talk about the mission statement he talks about how you set your mission statement but it's a it's an ever-evolving mission statement and coach Crusoe talks about that with mm -hmm. your why too mm -hmm. he says set your why but that why is always going to change and he talks about constantly coming back to that why constantly seeing if it's leading you down the correct path that you want to be and continuing to focus on that continuing to focus on the righteous path continuing to focus to make sure it's bringing you down the right path your why now when we're 22 23 mm -hmm. will probably be completely different than when you're 40 and if you're an ever-evolving human if you are taking action steps it should i really believe it should evolve your core principles and who you are as a person and what you're doing for others in this world shouldn't you should always be a good person you should always be providing light foundation to other people 
But your why will change. Other pe people are going to come into your life. Things like that are going to change. You're going to have a family that you don't have now. You're going to have a job that you don't have now, that type of thing. So your why, that type of thing is going to change. It's ever-evolving. You're always going back to it. But just continuing to have one. Continuing yes. to check and make sure you're on that right path. Always going forward in the right direction. Mm -hmm. One step. An inch. Just an inch every day. That's inch. All, an all, inch. An inch. Just an inch. Crossing gotta, that desert. Right. Just fight and claw every single day for that inch. In the um, right path. In the yeah. right direction. In the right direction. In the right direction. Yes. Can we go back to the book? We are more in need of a vision or destination and a compass, a set of principles or directions, and less in need of a road map. We often don't know what the terrain ahead will be like or what we will need to get through it. Much will depend on our judgment at the time, but an inner compass will always give us direction. Mm. I love that. I love and he's saying here like you you won't having all this stuff will not take away the failures that are going to happen in your life it will not take away things that pop up in your life that are really hard really stressful somebody dies in your family you lose your job your company goes under that type of thing those things are never going to change but having your inner compass will allow you to deal with these things and continue on the right path after it mm -hmm. the inner compass is i love it because the compass always points north it always points in the direction north and when your inner compass is oriented towards truth, light, passion, fulfillment, it, if you follow that and you stay true to it, you're never going to go wrong. Ever. Ever. You're, you're gonna, like you said, you're going to make mistakes, but you're going to be okay because you're going to be able to right the ship and keep heading north towards the truth and the light. I love the analogy of a compass. Yeah. And I think it's just, like you said, it, it just keeps you on the right path. Like, it's never... It allows you to deal with things in your life, and I, we we always say perspective. I think it really it allows you to deal with that. It gives you perspective to where, yes, these things are tough. Yes, life is not all sunshine and rainbows, even when you have these things figured out. But you realize that within yourself, you're worth so much more than that person's opinion. Oh. You're worth so much more than that job, that thing that's yelling at you, that thing that's stressing you. You're worth so much more than that, and that allows you to continue. It allows you to better yourself through the struggles, through the things, and like life's not all sunshine and rainbows, but you're taking the right steps. And not only, not only like those, those, those challenges, whatever, is, whoever is telling you, this is, you suck. Yeah. You're failing. You see those things as an opportunity. No. When yeah. you start to look at things in the manner that Sean, Stephen Covey, sorry, I referenced his son who wrote the Seven Habits of High Effective Teens. Um, Stephen is saying, when you start looking at things through the way, through these principles, you see these obstacles as the way, as the path, as as things that are going to teach you about life rather than things that are holding you back in life, which is just, again, another life-changing and very hard thing to grasp, but very hard to act on. Very hard to act on. Concept is simple. Action is damn near the hardest thing you're ever going to do. Yeah. And one of the quotes he says in here that kind of talks about that if you live life without this thought process is it's, he said, you'll live life like you're straightening chairs on a Titanic. Mm -hmm. And that's basically saying, like, you're focused on these small and minute tasks of fixing a chair on a ship that's sinking and killing everybody. You know, like there's much better, bigger things to be worried about. There's better paths that you go down and you're focused on this 
person yelling at you at work, you know, like you're enclosing yourself in this little thought process when you just brighten your perspective and look and see like the world is huge, dude. And like you have so many opportunities, you're worth so much more than that. And you can just go through it. You're not straightening chairs on the Titanic. For sure. I love how, like, if you ever feel pigeonholed, just think that there's seven, seven billion people in the world or something. And there's a job and there's a career out there for you. There's going to be something that's going to fit your passions, your needs, your wants. It's just a matter of effort, patience, and commitment grit and and staying true to that compass in order to get there yeah 100 and like i said like i try mm-hmm. to open up my perspective to people because i believe i'm a pretty big optimist and i'm not saying that's the right way or the bad way it's just what my personality is so i'm able to see that there's so many opportunities to where like failure unless you if you are not doing those things, then failure will happen. But if you are doing those things, eventually success is going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you're going down the right path and you're taking those steps, success is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to continue on that path and not let that darkness swallow you up. Mm-hmm. Continue to look at that light, continue to take those steps and never just stop. Because when you stop, that's when the darkness will get you. Mm-hmm. And that's when life's really tough. Mm-hmm. Great. And now we go into the biggest part of this chapter and something that's really I think game changing for a lot of people and we mentioned a bunch of times and it's developing your personal mission statement and in the book he says a personal mission statement based on correct principles becomes the same kind of standard for an individual that a constitution is it becomes a personal constitution the basis for making major life directing decisions the basis for making daily decisions in the midst of circumstances and emotions that affect our lives It empowers individuals with the same timeless strengths in the midst of change. People can't live with change if there's not a changeless changeless core inside of them. The key to the ability to change is a changeless sense of who you are, what you are about, and what you value. With a mission statement, we can flow with changes. Mm. And he calls it a core. I call it a foundation. Building what your life is based off. Mm-hmm. Crusoe calls it your why. Crusoe calls it your why, yes. Building who you are as a man, what you stand on, something somebody can't take away from you. Mm-hmm. Something, somebody, no, nobody can take that away from you as long as you focus on it and you build that foundation. Mm-hmm. A changeless core. It's. I love how he said, how can you handle changes if you don't have something that's changeless? I think that's something I've really struggled to develop in my own life is a changeless core of where I stand and with myself and just trying to reconcile the, this whole crazy world. I mean, it's just something that's very hard to develop. And I feel like we're right at that point right now where we're young and we have, we're, I'm just very thankful we're coming to this wisdom so young and we have, we, we're able to do this while we're young, you know? Yeah. It's a lot. It's going to make our lives better. (laughs) I'm very thankful for that. And 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 with a lot of, again, with a lot of hard work and a lot of failure, but, but at the end of the day, it's going to be all the, all the difference. Yeah. And it, it, what it allows you to do is not let that failure, the inevitable failure. And like Jocko talks about this, like 
you're going to fail. If you're trying to be successful, if you're putting yourself out there, you are going to fail. If you're not failing, if you're not struggling in life, I don't think you're doing it right. Like mm -hmm. you're just trying to stay Agreed. safe. And if you're staying safe, you're not growing. Mm -hmm. So you're going to fail. It's going to happen. You're proactive about it. You realize this thing's going to happen. You built your foundation up to withstand this failure. Mm -hmm. You know this failure's coming. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to build your walls? How are you going to build that to when that failure comes into your walls and knocks it down? How are you going to build that wall back up? Mm -hmm. How are you going to allow yourself to deal with this inevitable thing? Mm -hmm. And I think letting people know that it's coming. And I think a lot of people are scared of that thought process. And like, it's, it is scary to think about like things in life are going to go bad. But I also think if you take a step back and realize like it's common sense, like everybody knows it, but they're kind of shutting it off to try and like be safe to realize, and I don't think it is being safe. I think it's dangerous to try and ignore an enemy that you know is coming. Right. And one of the, the new rules in Jordan Peterson's new book um, is do not hide unwanted things in the fog because mm -hmm. that shit is going to come. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to stay there. Yeah. It's like, um, what is it like the, the bones, the skeletons in your closet, you yeah. know, like they're, they're, they're going to come out yeah. if you don't freaking deal they're with them and attack you. them. They're going to get you. Yeah. And you got to build up your foundation. You got to build up something within yourself to when they come and get you, it doesn't affect you. It knocks down your wall, but your village is still intact. Mm -hmm. You know, like your puzzle is not completely destroyed. You still are able to see who you are as a person and go from there. Yeah. And, and, that, and that, that thing might do some insane damage. And part of you might die. Like, a part of you, some part of your belief may have been incorrect. But as long as your core fundamental principles are there, like you said, the village is still going to be intact. Yeah. And I think that leads into our next points of finding your center, finding that village within those walls, mm -hmm. finding who you are, finding what who you are that stands on that foundation, that actual meat of the potatoes, basically. Mm -hmm. And he says, by centering our, lives, centering our lives on correct principles, we create a solid foundation for development of the four life-supporting factors. Our security comes from knowing that, unlike other centers, based on people or things which are subject to frequent and immediate change, correct principles do not change. We can depend on them. Principles don't react to anything. They don't get mad. They don't treat us differently. They won't divorce us or run away with our best friend. They aren't out to get us. They can't pave the way for with shortcuts and quick fixes. They don't depend on the behavior of others, the environments, or current fads for their validity. Principles don't die. They aren't here one day and gone the next. They can't be destroyed by fire, earthquake, or theft. Principles are deep, fundamental truths. Generic, common denominators. They are tightly interwoven threads running with exactness, consistency, beauty, and strength through the fabric of life. Even in the midst of people or circumstances that seem to ignore the principles, we can be secure in the knowledge that principles are bigger than people and that thousands of years of history have seen them triumph. Mm -hmm. And I love that last little point. And mm -hmm. There's a ton there, but I love that last little point because even when you're seeing people be successful that aren't really having their principles right. They're treating people badly. They're being successful in the moment. History has proven thousands of times that that person is not going to stay successful mm -hmm. unless they figure out their principles. Mm -hmm. That person that is getting that job over you that you know that you worked harder than you worked better than basically, 
is not going to continue to succeed if they don't get their principles right. Mm -hmm. And I really like that point because I think that it's almost like the thought process of like nice guys always lose type thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a defeatist mindset of like that's just allowing like just not realizing that the circumstances aren't there yet. Well, I'm not a fan of that statement at all. Um, I think an aside from the quote on the book, which I definitely want to get back to, I hate the fact that people think because I'm a nice guy, I'm entitled to getting something. I just want to clarify. Because if you're a nice guy or what, you're nice to people, so you think you're going to get the girl because you're nice, like, or you think you're nice, you treat people nicely, so you think you should get the job because of how you act. Like it's, I think it's a very entitled mentality. Yeah, I mean, I just having your foundation set to a point where you are living your life the correct way, and this living your life correct way, that person doesn't get the thing. Um, sure. Yeah, um, living your life in the correct manner, making those things happen, and then not seeing the results instantly. And I think a lot of times people get kind of down on that is to where they see that they were building their foundation, they were taking the right steps, mm -hmm. and the success didn't come right away. It came to somebody that didn't go about it the right way. They took that shortcut. And what this is getting at is like, even though that person took that shortcut and succeeded now, history has proven time and time again that you are gonna be the successful one. The person building their foundation, the person doing it the right way will end up overlasting. And I think it goes back to life is not a race, it's a marathon. Like, it's about the long run. It's about who you are in the long run, who you are as a person in your entire lifespan, not who you peaked as when you're 23 and then you crash from there because you treated people like shit, but you're a super successful entrepreneur right away. Agreed. I love how he references history will show that. And I mean, history shows exactly that because all the greatest civilizations in the history of the world have been built on fundamental principles of individual sovereignty. Like you are the master of your own life and your own fate. Um, like that was true with the Greeks, that was true with the Romans, and that has been probably one of the most profound pieces of substance and principles that our country has been founded on and really Western civilization as a whole. Um, and then also, it's also very interesting is when those great civilizations collapsed is when they lose those principles. Yeah. And they become focused on wealth and they become focused on the greed and like the greed and, and power and not that not that power and wealth are bad but when those become your principles the principles yes that's when all those civilizations have gone wrong and yeah history has shown that and i think it's 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 like it's like the truth again the truth is a force of nature and it's gonna rear its head yeah um, and it's gonna come on. I, I love the relating that back to countries because i think it's it's pretty powerful to like show people mm -hmm. how it's not just on the individual basis, but it it's the entire world. Like mm -hmm. something so big can collapse so quickly mm -hmm. if your principles aren't correct, right. and something so big can grow so quickly if your principles are correct. Yes. And the growth that comes from that, and I like a lot of the other point. And he breaks down all if you base your principles off somebody else, if you base your principles off your job, your wealth, even off your religion. And he talks about all of those things about how eventually those principles are gonna to lead to failure or your foundation collapsing because they're not based off something that can't be taken away. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you think the spouse, that job is super secure, you have a bunch of money that's always secure, 
they're never going to lead you to the right path and they can always be taken away in the snap of a finger mm-hmm. and what he says he breaks it down in three parts of what being principle centered like basing who you are as a person off these things it allows you to create proactive choices which means you're not being acted on you're being the actor uh, it allows you to face winning the war not the battle base winning the long-term thing not that short quick battle taking that shortcut you are going to win the war you may lose a battle but you are eventually going to win that war the long-term battle and then he talks about and it goes along with winning that war it contributes to your ultimate values if you are principle centered the battles that you go through are going to contribute to your ultimate values they're based off something that's correct within you they're not based off the wealth the the spouse the job they're based off who you are as a person and who you want to become. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's a very, it's a very profound way to look at things. Making decisions through principle based on emotion, way never instead of emotion. Um, again, not an easy thing to do, but the only way to do things at the end of the day. Yeah, and like it seems scary, and like we talked about, it seems hard, but eventually, it's it's gonna come to this point where you have to live your life yes. this way yes and it's either we focus on doing it now yes. or we live our lives in a way and like I've seen it myself like you live your life in a way to where it's not based off principles and you have that success but it always cracks and it always comes back down and you're never gonna create that foundation and stand on something solid while being successful unless you come back to the truth of like you said it's nature's power like it's always gonna come back to this thing always yes and I think this brings us to our next point in the book where he says habit one says you are the programmer habit two then says write the program unless you accept the idea that you are responsible that you are the programmer you won't really invest in writing the program Mm -hmm. and this I think this goes back to Jocko's thing of extreme ownership Mm -hmm. you have to accept that where you are in life right now is because of an action, actions, every small decision you made up to that point has led you there. Mm-hmm. And you have to accept that first before you change. You can't blame it on something else. You can't use those crutches. Or you're always going to come back to not being able to write your own program. You're never right. going to be able to actually take those action steps in the right direction until you admit that I'm in this spot, I'm in this valley, I'm in this dark spot because of what I did, not because of what somebody did to me because of what I did and now that gives me the control to get me out of that valley Mm -hmm. because if somebody else you believe somebody else got you in that valley then in your head only somebody else can get you out of that valley Mm -hmm. and even if they do you're going to go right back into those valleys because somebody else the next time they don't help you up they're just going to bring you back down yeah well because no one can carry you or your weight it's hard enough to carry your own damn self through life yeah right? for, for for your entire life i think yeah, for your entire life exactly i yeah. think like you can help people and for like, sure and like help their foundation but like you said you can't do that it's not long term no. eventually they're not going to be able to carry your weight no no one can because you're too heavy yeah <laughs> it's so hard to get through life as is on your own you no one's going to do it for you no one no one not your mom not your dad not your grandpa not your grandma not your super rich uncle, not your favorite strength coach, not your favorite coach. It's no one other than you is going to do it. Until you accept that responsibility, your life's going to suck, and you're going to continue to be pissed off and 
don't do that. Don't suck. Yeah. And I, what people can do is they can tell you these things. They can tell yes. you. They can put that knowledge upon you. But once again, until you take extreme ownership that you are where you're at because of the decisions you made, you can't own your life. Mm-hmm. And if you don't own your life, somebody else owns somebody, it for you. Someone else is owning you. Somebody else owns you. And then every single decision that you are making is because of something else. Mm-hmm. And you're not becoming the best version of yourself. And that's a scary thought process for a lot of people is the worst thing in life is potential. And leaving yeah. that potential on the table because you allowed somebody else to run it for you. And even if it's somebody that's good for you and they're helping you out, if you don't take that strengthen your mindset, change that mindset, you're never going to release that ball. And it's you, always going to drag you back down. The other thing is, is you owe it to that person who's helping you. Exactly. They, they don't have to do that. They don't have to. They see something in you that you don't see in yourself, and you better be thankful for that because they don't owe it to you. They don't have to help you out. Um, so you owe it to them to make it yourself and you can owe it to them to take full ownership and extreme ownership of your own life yeah if they're putting that effort they're using their foundation to help you for a little bit and you have to realize like how hard it is to build your own foundation yeah. and support your own weight and then they're taking you onto that for even just a little bit like you have to realize you have to be extremely grateful for that and then earn that like mm-hmm. if they put that into you it's for a reason it's because they see a light in you. It's because they see something in you. Go and prove them right. And I think that's one thing that Coach Herm helped me with is, like, I didn't see the light. He showed me the light. I was able to see it through him. And I just felt like I owed him. He showed me the light. He showed me where to lay my brakes. He showed me what direction to go. I owed it to him to actually go that direction. And I think uh, Coach K, I think it's Coach K that says this, is, like, if I tell you something and you don't do it, you're saying F me. Like mm-hmm. you just, you're using a middle finger because you don't trust me. And like, if you trust this person and they're, you believe they're leading you on the right path, then you have to follow up on that. You have to take that step. You have to. All right, and if you don't, you're making the world a worse place. It's that simple. Everyone, Matt, everyone is relying on you. Yeah. Back to the book. He that is good with a hammer tends to think everything is a nail. And this is talking about how we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And like just not realizing that because we see something this way, uh, because we see these problems, because we see something wrong, doesn't mean that's how it actually is. It just means that's how we see it. Mm-hmm. If you're good with a hammer, you're going to think everything is going to nail. That's going to be your solution to everything. You have to broaden your perspective to realize, see things from other people's perspectives. And I think Joe Rogan talks about this all the time. Is like talking to people and communicating with people. That's one of the best ways to do this is to see their perspective. Even if you don't agree with them, open yourself up to those people and start to realize that they have a different view than you. Mm -hmm. Like maybe the hammer isn't the best option there. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yes. I think especially coming from a football culture where it's very tough and everyone is a master at the hammer yeah i mean i've always looked at problems as kind of one way of going about them and that's taking a hammer baby and just destroying everything in the path but that's not the right way to go about everything so it's a 
like you said, it's, it's a very challenging way. It's very hard to do, very hard to do, but it is the right way. It's the proper way. Yeah, converse, con- converse, learn, see different perspectives, and have, maintain an open mind. Yeah, and start to see the world as it actually is. And like he talks about how that'll open up your eyes so much compared to how you see the world now because basically we have the blinders on and like, well, I see it this way. That's the only way to see it. Mm-hmm. And he talks about what makes us special as humans is that our ability to take that step back and view it. And he said, if we live our lives seeing everything as that nail and that the hammer is the solution, we're no better than animals. And he, he goes into that in detail there. And then he said, it's really a shame to not use your ability as a human to take that step back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a gift that we've been given perspective. What is it? I don't think Jane Goodall, she was the researcher who did uh, research with chimps and she was able to teach one of the chimps how to sign. Okay. And, and the chimp could communicate and have a conversation, but the chimp could never ask a question. It didn't know what, it doesn't have the capacity to think of a question. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Like, we have the ability to know that people know things we don't know. No other animal has that. Yeah. It's, they see things as one. There's no perspective. We're that gifted. That's We're, how important that is. And we have that ability. Yeah, we and have that ability. We gotta use it. Yeah. And that's the, other than, otherwise we're a chimp. Yeah. Just that's, living our life like that. Yeah. And that seems kinda. What better are you than a chimp? Yeah. Damn chimps. <laughs> Back to the book. One of the main things research has showed us was that almost all of the world-class athletes and other peak performers are visualizers. They see it, they feel it, they experience it before they actually do it. They begin with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. And I think this is goes back to so many points of you've got to create it mentally. You have to see it in your head if you're going to create it. You don't. As a lead level performer, you don't win without thinking you're a winner. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just happen. I uh, So in the meditation session with the guys today that I had, we talked about how the truth will come out, um, how you're seeing yourself. Uh, so we have spring ball in three weeks. We have fall camp in three months. We have a national championship game in six months. And we talked about how the truth will come out no matter what, like how you view yourself, what you're actually doing, what work you're putting in, doesn't matter what you say, how confident you say you are, how much work you say you're putting in. If you don't think it, if you don't believe it, the truth will come out. And like situations don't make people, situations expose people. And we talked about like if you are not living every second of your day as a national champion, it's gonna become, it's gonna come out, it's gonna be shown on that field. And I think football is a great example of just like you have direction A and it leads the path B and like. There's a straight line, like the truth comes out. But I think you can relate to business too. Like if you're not thinking as a winner in the business world, when that meeting comes, when that big merger comes, when that big thing happens, the truth's gonna come out. Did you prepare? Did you think this was gonna be successful? Did you change, create a mindset that this is gonna work? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, the truth's gonna come out. And maybe you get lucky a couple times, but the truth eventually is gonna rear its head mm-hmm. and it'll come out. Right, as it always does. Like as we said many times before, the truth is a force of nature. Um, hearing you say that about how 
you have a national championship game in six months. It just got me very fired up. It just sports is so special too because it's it's so cut and dry it's one team against the other there's no there's no uh, there's one performance measure and that's the scoreboard it's did you win the game or did you lose the game and that's just such a beautiful part of sports because business it's you know there's a lot of different ways to measure the success but I love that about sport and how there's there's going to be one final measure, and that will tell all. Yeah, and what I talk to the guys about uh, is you don't need 11 All-Americans. You need 11 national champions on the field. Mm -hmm. And, like, the way to becoming a national champion is living every single second of your life like a national champion. Mm -hmm. And if you have 11 people like that on the field, if you have 11 people like that in your business, that's what's going to be lead to success. It's not the talent. The talent doesn't matter if you're not formulating it, if you're not thinking it, if you're not believing in it. You have to have 11 people on that field that truly believe in the mission, truly believe in what you're doing. You have to have 11 people, not 11, but in your business that truly believe in your vision. And he talks about this. He has a whole chapter about mission statements for the business and how powerful that is for the business. And if the person doesn't believe in that and they're just in it for the reward factor, your business is not going to be successful. You need to show them your why. You need to show them your foundation and what you stand for. Mm -hmm. And then they either buy in or they don't. And you go from there. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can't have employees that are there to get paid. Like they're there to get paid, but they need to have a buy-in mm -hmm. to the program. Otherwise, the business is just going to be, like you said, it's never going to reach its full potential. Yeah. Huh. In the Yeah, and like you said, the only way to communicate... The only way for the business to reach its full potential is to define the vision, the goals, and the mission statement. And it's kind of surprising how many businesses don't do that. Yeah. And the, so, like, or how it's not the 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 focus of of it's not as in the many different companies that I've worked for, and I've worked for quite a few. That I have yet to really see someone, a company, really push that vision and that focus and that mission statement, which it's been kind of surprising. And, and it's funny you say that because in that chapter, one of the author's main jobs is he goes to businesses, mm -hmm. and that's the first thing he asks for. He goes there and he asks, what is your why? What is your mission statement? What do you guys stand for? Mm -hmm. And he says nine times out of ten, when he gets to a business that is failing, they don't have a mission statement, or the mission statement doesn't mean anything to anybody. Mm -hmm. And they wrote something down on a sheet of paper and hung it up. And he talked about how the businesses that are super successful, every business he has worked with, mm -hmm. or every business he has changed that is successful, now has a mission statement, has a why. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most powerful things Coach Caruso does is he develops our mission statement. He develops our why because he knows that's what will lead to the why of the team. Mm -hmm. That individual why, the individual personal statement will allow the team to grow, mm -hmm. will allow the business to grow. Mm -hmm. It gives the business or the team an identity to get behind yeah, mm -hmm. which we always had in college. Um, I th I love that. Like, you know, our we wear it on our wrist now. We're all graduated, and I've seen everybody still wears it. I mean, we have a code that we follow at UST football, and everyone, it's like it's in your soul. <laughs> you know, it's forget about me. I love you. Yeah, it's it's. It's 
it's such a it just gets ingrained in you and you want nothing more than just to defend that um, defend that defend your brothers defend your family yeah and I think it's like you said it it's the mission statement of our team is family of the St. Thomas team and we are here is family. Mm-hmm. That's why St. Thomas is successful is because they have that mission statement defined. Mm-hmm. Forget about me. Forget, I love you. Yeah, and forget about all the other shit that we have because we got a lot of nice stuff. Like That really wouldn't matter. I, I know it wouldn't. Like It would be the same result because of the belief that we have. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it just grows from there. Mm-hmm. The last point we want to get to in this chapter is identifying your roles and he talks about in the book that your mission statement needs to encompass every single one of your roles in life and this is where he talks about how your mission statement can change in your life because various roles in your life change and this is one thing that i loved about this book is he broke it down to who you are as a husband who you are as a father, who you are as a son, who you are as a neighbor, who you are as a business person, who you are as a business, like just the whole business in total. And he says breaking it down into these points allows you in every single aspect of your life when you deal with struggles, because struggles as a husband and struggles as a business owner are gonna be two completely different struggles. But being able to have a mission statement for both of them and then tying it in with your overall mission statement allows you to live every single aspect of your life in the correct way to where you're not being a great husband and then being a scammy business person. And he talks about how people that are great husbands and family, they're great at their, in their family, but they're bad people when it comes to business and they're scamming people. He talks about how that always loops back to being the family member. And eventually that part starts to fall apart because one part of his foundation isn't set while the other part is. And he talks about how, as a human, you are all of these things, and you need to focus on every single aspect together and not separate. They're not separate parts. You need to realize that, and this, I bring this back every single type, like to my football guys, like it doesn't matter what you do with me. It doesn't matter what you do on the field. Really what matters is all 24 hours of your day. Mm-hmm. Every single second of that day is what's gonna lead to you being successful total. Mm-hmm. You're with the football team like four hours a day at max. That's 20 hours a day working against those four hours. You can be super successful in those four hours, but if the rest of your life is not together, you're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle as a football player because your your family life isn't great. You're gonna struggle as a football player because who you are in a classroom, who you are as yourself, like you don't really realize your self-worth is not great mm-hmm. and it's going to come back to taking away from you want to focus on being a great football player and you're really good at that four hours of your day but those other 24 20 hours is totally working against you mm-hmm. and then like you said that's something we both know from experience now it's football is a fine ideal when it's done and that four hours a day that was the one thing that you were actually really good at your whole life when that's gone you're really done like your foundation your world is sh- shattered so figure it out now and the last thing we want to end with is no involvement no commitment and he talks about that this is what your business your family yourself needs to be based off 
is if you're not involved in your why, if you're not involved in the business's why, you're not involved in your team's personal why, you're not going to commit to it. And I think that's one of the most powerful things at St. Thomas when we talk about family is we were all involved in it. That's why we bought into that mission statement. And he talks about if you're able to bring that to your business and you get people to buy in, you mm-hmm. get people involved in tying in your why with their why, showing them what your why is and why your why is that way, and getting them to stand on that foundation with you rather than dragging that foundation down or trying to hold them up and connecting everything that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. No involvement, no commitment. If you don't, like you said before we started or earlier in the podcast, it's if you don't love what you do, you're going to get passed up. Yeah. It's just that simple. If you're not involved, you're not going to be committed. If you're not committed, you're not succeeding. And much more than that, you're going to hate everything. You're going to become bitter or resentful. And then you're at that point, once you become bitter and resentful, everything in your life is, you're, you're in trouble. You're going to be mad at the world. You're not going to take responsibility. And then down the rabbit hole you go. And good luck to you. I mean, so, so be involved. Make an active decision to choose a path, a career that you want to take part in, that you actively want to take part in. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Begin with the end in mind. Absolutely. So that concludes our chapter two of the habits of highly effective people. Um, real quick, how you can support the podcast and support Yoakum Strength. Make sure to support the podcast by following on iTunes and um, make sure to share and tell your friends about it if you get any enjoyment from it. And also, please make sure to give us feedback if you see us. Tell us if you enjoyed it. Tell us if you hated it. Um, any ounce of feedback is awesome. You have no idea how much it helps and is appreciated. So thank you. Um, make sure to follow Yoakum Strength on Instagram. Make sure to check out his blog post for interesting articles on training and different mindset different mindset manuals any clothing you can make sure to find at ghost ghostfit.com clothing company run by our friend josh parks make sure to follow josh on instagram as well uh, make sure to follow our friends over on the back pocket podcast make sure to if you have any band resistance band training needs make sure to go to rbt training or resistancebandtraining.com all spelled out um and use what is the code word do you know uh yokum use the code word yokum to get a 10 percent discount on any bands that you buy um again as always thanks for listening stay on the path stay on the way stay on the truth and hold us accountable to do the same and we'll do our best to do the same for you Keep chopping wood. Make sure your ladder is leaned against the right way.